everyone, and welcome to yet another post-game show from Bavarian Podcast Works. I don't think this is going to be a very long episode because I'm honestly kind of speechless about what I've just witnessed today. Like, my therapist is going to hear about this game. Bayern Munich, um, what do I say? Bayern Munich just drew one all with Borussia Mönchengladbach. And this may be one of the most absurd games that I have witnessed in my time as a Bayern Munich fan. Like, I don't actually know how to describe it. Like, Jan Sommer, I will cheer the day he retires because he haunts me worse than any goalkeeper I can name. Keylor Navas, Jan Black, these guys don't hold a candle to the level of... How do I say it? Like, this guy is so infuriating to play against. How does he make these saves? How is this possible by a human goalkeeper? Even the best performances of Manuel Neuer don't come close to what we saw against Jan Sommer today. And because of that, Bayern Munich, this amazing steamroller juggernaut, incredible team that we were all praising just a week ago, has now been brought to a screeching halt at home in front of 75,000 fans at the Allianz Arena on the 50th anniversary of the Sud Curve. We have failed to win for the first time in the Bundesliga and for the first time this season. And it feels bad. Honestly, it just it feels really bad because the performance wasn't that bad. And let me just go over it once. So Julian Nagelsmann, he started the team in a standard 4-2-2-2 formation that we've gotten used to now. Jamal Muziana, he had some discomfort, muscular discomfort, so he did not start the game. Instead, we had Sadio Mane and Leroy Sane up top with Thomas Muller and Kingsley Coman in supporting roles. In fact, today's formation, I think, would be much better described as something closer to our standard 4-2-3-1 rather than the 4-2-2 or the 4 2 2 Sorry, the 4-2-4 that we've seen in earlier games. Like, today, as far as I can tell, it was more like we had the back four, then two midfielders, then three uh, attackers in the form of Sané on the left, Muller in the middle, and Coman on the left. Sorry, right. And then Mane up top. So, a more of a 4-2-3-1 setup. And, look, I know people will say, maybe we should have scored more, maybe we should have done this, that. The lineup did do its job in terms of creativity. We created... More than enough chances to down Gladbach. But as always, Jan Sommer was there every single time we got even close to scoring on goal. And sometimes he was there in shots where he had absolutely no business saving. And then right near the end of the first half, you had Dayatuk Mokano, who was a rock up till that point, I should point out. He made one mistake that wasn't even in his own half. It was a high line and he was way up into Gladbach's half and he made one small mistake and the ball fell kindly for Turam who got a clean run in through on goal and scored past Neuer and that was 1-0 to Gladbach. When that happened, like this is, that was Gladbach's first shot in the entire game. They did not even have a shot up till that point and they scored and suddenly it was 1-0 down we were right at half time so Bayern could not even respond in time and so we went to the second half a goal down and it, we were really up against it i i don't know what to say about what happened in the second half second half 
Nagelsmann made some small tactical tweaks. He moved Davies a little bit further wide, and we saw some improvement. We saw more chances being played, and then, well, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, Sommer kept making saves. He he did not let us get close to scoring. We subbed off Satyo Mane and brought on Serge Gnabry. We subbed off Marcel Sabitzer, midfielder for Jamal Muziala, a attacker. At the end, we were playing with five attackers, and we still couldn't score. And then, finally, like, well past the 80th minute, Davies goes down the left flank. He passes it inside to Muziala, who dribbles a little, and passes it into Coma. Sorry, into Sane, who slots it cleanly past Tom- Jan Sommer. And, like, that... I-, I-, I can't believe that out of all the players to score, it was Leroy Sane, the guy who has been criticized for his awful scoring form lately. And I'm glad that he scored, because he deserved it for all the stuff that he did. He wasn't that effective, in my opinion, as he was against Bochum, where I think he was a man-of-the-match candidate, but... He got the goal, and that's what counts. In the end, it wasn't enough to get the win. Later in that match, Nagelsmann went full Hail Mary, and he subbed on Matthias Delict for Leroy Sané. I don't know if that was a good idea, but he did do that. And Delict, credit to him, he almost got a goal himself. Like, if it had been any goalkeeper other than Jan Sommer, you're gonna... Uh, here's a fun drinking game. Whenever I mention Jan Sommer in this podcast, take a, take a shot, and... Um, Remember to call poison control because you will be dead by the end of this podcast. So, yeah. This... <laughs> Look, with Dilix playing up top, we could have had a chance if we had made more crosses or if Kimmich had made a better corner. But in the end, I think with the kind of performance that Sommer put in, this game wasn't going to end anything other than the 1-1 that we got. And honestly, we should be grateful given our recent results against Gladbach that we even got a 1-1 draw. Like, this kind of performance would get us a win against any other team in the world except for these guys. This is not like against Villarreal last season where we were poor altogether right from the top to bottom and we did not deserve to win. We deserve to win this game, but one player stopped us, like, just stonewalled us, and this Bayern Munich juggernaut that scored 15 goals and, like, three games has now come to a screeching halt. I think we're still top of the Bundesliga, I'm not sure. But, like, and we are still unbeaten, which is good. But that little bit of the invincible nature of our squad has been shattered a little, I think. Like, the aura of invincibility that we had has worn off a little, and now... Teams will see this game and take it as a blueprint for how to play against us. So things are only going to get tougher for Nagelsmann from here on out. His formation today, I think it did its job. But also, you can say that it was slightly exposed. Gladbach in the first half, they were very compact and we did not use our width properly. For whatever reason, Alfonso Davies was instructed to stay out very narrow and try and send in crosses or send in low cutbacks from like on the corner of the box instead of out wide and trying to dribble his man like he usually does and it didn't really work I think the statistics show that we had much more luck going down the right hand side today with Kingsley Coman instead of Alfonso Davies like we normally do but in the end the goal came from an Alfonso Davies run down the left flank so the first half maybe was a missed opportunity by Nagelsmann not to utilize 
the full width of the pitch against Gladbach, which kind of played into their hands because it allowed them to stay compact instead of stretching out their entire team to play against Bayern Munich, especially since right now we don't have a recognized center forward and we don't have that kind of target man thing that Lewandowski used to do. Speaking of Lewandowski, I don't think he would have changed the result today. Like, honestly. You'll hear this from other commentators probably that maybe we needed a center forward and maybe the fact that Nagelsmann subbed on Matthias Delict right at the end of the game shows that he was looking for something that our current attackers could not give him, which is a attacking presence in the box that you need in terms of like raw physicality or, you know, just the ability to draw defenders that a center forward gives you. But even so, I don't think that it shows that this current buying attack is not capable of scoring goals without Lewandowski against a determined defense because there is no reason for us to have only scored one goal today based on how the team performed. The tactics were spot on. We limited Gladbach to just a few shots, I think four or five shots overall and only one on target maybe. Like, they basically did not do anything to us. And whereas we had something like 30 shots, 20 on target, and Sir Sommer saved them all. So in terms of tactics, like what else can you do as a coach? You just, like, if the ball just bounced slightly differently or if Sommer was like fractions of a millisecond slower to one of his saves, Bayern Munich would be walking away today with all three points. Whereas Gladbach, if they wanted to walk away with three points today, they would have had to put in... 200-300% more effort because they were nowhere near matching us in terms of pretty much anything. Intensity, tactics, like pretty much anything you can name on the pitch. And there was also the matter of the referee. The referee sucked. Like he bought into every single play acting thing that Gladbach did. Somehow Manuel Kone, he did not get a single card despite his incredibly rough play against us, especially against Leroy Sané. There was a moment where Sani was through on goal 1v1 and he was clipped from behind by a Gladbach defender. I'm not exactly sure who, but if Sani had chosen to go down there, he would have definitely got a penalty and a red card for the Gladbach defender. But instead, Sani tried to keep going and he took the shot. He could have gone around Jan Sommer, but instead he took the shot and Sommer saved it. So another one of those just chances not taken. Chances not taken is probably like the theme of this game like Thomas Muller Thomas Muller I know people will say that he was not effective in this game I'm gonna ask them what game were you watching because Thomas Muller he deserved at least four maybe five assists today his pass to Sadio Mane for what should have been the opener was sublime and I have no idea why it was rolled out for Sané being outside when his leg was outside and he was clearly not interfering with the play at all people are saying that he was distracting defenders you can't do that anymore I swear I've seen like free kicks where they deliberately put a player in an offside position just to distract defenders. If that were enough to get goals ruled out, those free kick routines would not exist. I don't understand how this is even possible. Maybe I have to look at the rules again. But like, look, um, Sadio Mane's play has genuinely me questioning the very concept of offside because he is offside so many times in every single game that it is actually becoming a bit of a meme in our fan base now. Has Mane been offside yet? Yes, he was offside getting off from the past because he is like, look, I get the officiating in the Premier League is a little bit dodgy and they don't actually know how to call offsides and use VAR and stuff. 
but there is no way Sadio Mane was getting away with this in the Premier League. So what is going on here? Did he like it has he just not adjusted yet? Or does he need to clock his brain a little bit differently? Because he's so intelligent otherwise he's perfect in this positioning. So why is he offside so often? This is one of those first things that every attacking footballer learns is how to stay on side and Sadio Mane for how good he is, he should not be offside as many times as he has been. Another goal that Thomas Muller assisted to Sadio Mane, he was offside again. Thomas Muller did an impressive layoff to Leroy Sané that he blasted into the path of Jan Sommer, who made a great save again. Oh, man. Um, Thomas Muller, I feel sorry for the guy. He has not had a goal or assist in the last two games, but he has had good performances. And this is going to be one of those things where people look at the score sheet only and they don't see the whole thing and don't realize how important Muller is. Luckily, I think Julian Nagelsmann understands how it's going, so I'm not really worried about Muller's role in the squad. But, you know, it doesn't feel good when one of your favorite players is not regularly getting on the score sheet, so you find it harder to defend him online because Muller is one of those players who is very underrated and I always want to keep his stocks high, you know, if if you understand what I'm saying. As for the rest of the players, Alfonso Davies, he had a mixed game. Honestly, he was much better in the second half once he was moved further out wide. I don't actually know why Julian Nagelsmann chose to have him move so centrally today. Like, it was probably something of an inverted fullback kind of setup from him today in terms of having both Alfonso Davies and Benjamin Pavard moving a little bit more centrally to give the midfield more support. And I understand that kind of approach, but today it was completely unneeded because Gladbach were not contesting the midfield very hard. Like Sabitzer and Kimmich more or less had free reign. So Pavard and Muzial, sorry, Pavard and Davy should have been allowed to stay out wide and keep providing support from out wide and overlapping. Those overlapping runs are what got us the goal and we should have used more of them overall in the game itself. This is a good result in that sense for Bayern Munich because it shows us the defects in the system as it stands and it allows us to make some changes and make some adjustments before we go into Champions League games against Inter and Barcelona and Victoria Pilsen who, you know, maybe could beat us, I don't know. And that is honestly what all you can ask for at this stage of the season. It's too early to declare a title race one. I mean, it's only August and, um, well, like, things are still tight at the top of the title race, but Gladbach, they did expose some of our potential liabilities in this side in terms of just like maybe using more width on the pitch and maybe the fact that Mane should not be as offside as he has been. But overall, I don't know how many important talking points we can really take away from this game because look, Gladbach... Gladbach, no matter who we have as a coach, no matter what tactics we have, no matter how bad Gladbach or how good Gladbach happened to be playing before the game, they always seem to pull something out against us. They always seem to have a performance in store for us. Pep, Heinkes, Angelotti, Kovac, Flick, and now Nagelsmann, all of them have had problems against Gladbach. And it's almost like a curse at this point. It's not even, it does not make any rational sense. It's going on for a decade. Their entire team has changed in that time, but they're still doing it to us. So at some point, you just have to say that our players just don't like the look of Gladbach's jersey or something because it, there is no way that we played this well against them and still did not come out with a win. That just does not make any sense. I think that if this were Barcelona instead, we would have won 6-1, 7-1 or something. It would not be 
uh won all game and it did not feel that way so in terms of my um fate in Nagelsmann it remains unchanged I think we played well and I hope we continue our good performances going forward and I hope that Sadio Mane is offside a little bit less going forward and Leroy Sane continues his scoring form that's pretty much all I can say so Wow, I have recorded for over 17 minutes right now, which is a lot more than I expected to say about this damn game. But um, you guys, you tell me what you thought. Um, comment in, I don't know, the podcast um, article that we post. Remember to like and share and I, I don't know what, what I'm saying. Like, look, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. And we are also on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Follow us there for updates and everything. And um, we'll see you next time, which is probably going to be our flagship show where I'm not going to be around, but I think Tom and Schnitzel are going to be recording that one. So stay tuned for that one and we will see you next time. Good night.